Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness field broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UDR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. Lynn and purchase her music 
at facebook.com forward slash E-R-I-K-A-L-Y-N-N-M-U-S-I-C-K. Well, good morning. It is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is a delight to be with you on live today. As I said, I'm coming on live again. It has been a couple of months since you've heard me. Um, we celebrated women's history, and then we've had a lot of festivities happening, the Resurrection Week, and and various things, so I have been on hiatus and been able to study the Word of God, but I tell you, I've been refreshing my time and being refueled, and today we're going to advance the teaching that we began last year, and we're going to go into what I've coined as the season of faith, and we're going to be dealing with faith on another level for the majority of the rest of the year, but I want to um, begin by by giving a healthy uh, review and I'll give you, hopefully, at the very end, some strong nuggets on faith, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up for the rest of this month on one series that we're going to be doing on Sundays and Thursdays for the rest of the month. We're going to do one series, and that's Overcoming the, uh, the Overcoming Way, and we're talking about overcoming through faith. And so we're going to talk about faith like you've never heard it before. If you have heard faith before, this is a good faith refresher. So I've told everybody in times past, and I'm really telling you now, if you don't have a notebook, get a notebook for this broadcast. And for the rest of the year, I want you to date it and go with me as systematically as possible. I guarantee you that you'll learn more in, in one lesson than you would in a month going to a local church. And so not that we're against a local church, but we're more um, – we're, we're focused a little more on getting the word out to you. And so I want to talk about the overcoming mandate today. We're going to refresh ourselves from the overcoming mandate and how it's actualized through faith. And, of course, this is the introduction to overcoming the world, the overcoming way through faith. Let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We do thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as the educator and guide, giving me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The overcoming mandate as a bridge to the um, advancing in the world uh, through faith has been our mandate, overcoming. You know, we, we talked about how when we opened up the series, we shall overcome should not be our song, but it should be we have overcome. And it's not until that we take time to investigate what God has provided for us that we experience the overcoming way. 
in the overcoming way is our pursuit to know more God more intimately so that we can serve him more faithfully, to awaken core values that establishes our conviction of advantages that we have as a result of establishing God's word as final authority, answering systematically the value of having theology and the need to overcome as advancing in life. And see, we say that overcoming is a discipline of involving a reflection on faith and belief in light of reflect um, in light of our Christian advantage. There's an advantage to our Christianity, and it's establishing our convictions and commitments and character around those discovered reflections that awaken us to overcoming in life. And in order to overcome in life, we have to have this as a mandate. You know, a mandate is an affirmed set of, 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 of principles that we live by. And, of course, you know, the scripture says that those who have been justified live by their faith. And so faith then becomes the sum total of, of, of achievement when it comes to overcoming because we know that this is, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so let, let's not just become biblically uh, engaged in rhetoric of religion. Let's find out exactly what the word has to say about overcoming. And, of course, we've given you scriptures, of course, uh, to to highlight it. And that's for the sake of, of, of understanding. Let's go back to one of our core scriptures. Okay, let's for the sake go back to Romans chapter three because you know when we're going through lessons, sometimes we just often um we often miss out on some of the core principles that we started off with, and I think it's important in in, in reviewing some of the fundamentals behind this teaching that you. That you that you get the 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 essence behind the text, um, and and of course you know that we're not we're not uh, making this up. Now of course you know in the Bible, the word overcome is used eight times in the Old Testament, twenty two times in the New Testament. In Revelation, it's used alone eleven times, so it is a revelation. And then First John five. In First John chapter five, and I love the New Testament the way the letters are addressed to the church. Of course, you know the scriptures are written in category: Old Testament law, history, poetry, prophecy; New Testament gospels, histories, letters, which is addressed directly to the church. And then there's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so, in this particular uh, lesson, we know that overcome itself as a word is a revelation, and we can look at the category that is emphasized in. To him that overcome, and of course he's talking about the body of Christ, those who are who are are, are made alive based on the work of redemption and our restoration of humanity. And we got to know what Jesus did and what he did and how he achieved it. Now go with me to Romans chapter three, Amen. And I know some some people say, well, why did you? And I'm I'm getting a little commentary as I go. I'm sorry about that today. So if I sound a little redundant, it's just to get you back in the habit of systematic study. Some things need to be done in a sequence that you can pick up. And so um, it's important um, that we begin to get back into the order. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us to truth, and truth cannot function without there being laws that govern that truth. And so those truths are governed by laws that can be proven. 
And proof can only be proven when it's organized. And so that's what, what, what the Lord has required me to do in teaching, and that is to organize it so that you can have a, a fixed uh, understanding on what I'm teaching. Amen. And so we, we emphasize here that not only are we just discussing and just giving you a bunch of points, but we're doing it in an organized way. Romans, of course, was addressed to the elite church. And when it was addressed to the elite church, these were young believers that were placed in a, a city, a seat of power that needed to govern themselves accordingly to the, to, the, to the riches that were found in Christ. But see, if they were not careful, they would convert into conformity of the world because the Roman Empire was as strong as it was in history at this point in time when it was written. So when Paul was writing to these young people, he was saying, don't forget where you came from. God brought you out from obscurity to where y'all were meeting from house to house to now being able to have access and discuss and dialogue in the renaissance of enlightenment and in education and, and, and all these things that are taking place during this empire um, uh, evolution. Uh, don't forget that it was Jesus that brought you out of darkness and called you into the marvelous light. For we're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. This is how he began. Amen. Give me a thumbs up. Okay. Praise the Lord. That was the enemy not trying to get this message out, but we're getting this message out today. Amen. I got enough time to do it. So here when he's speaking to the Roman church, he is speaking to a group of people at a pivotal time and a specific reason to give them give them a word that will affirm them in their time. And that's what the overcoming mandate seeks to achieve. It, is, it, it seeks to advance you in the awarenesses of the advantage that you have as a result of accepting Jesus Christ. And so here he says, what advantage then have the Jews? Is, uh, what profit what, or, what is, or what is the profit of the circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because of them were committed of the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man be a liar, as it is written, that, they, that you may be justified by your words and may overcome when you are judged. But if our righteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. This is Paul saying, certainly not. For, for then how will God judge the world? For the truth, for if the truth of God, listen, he, listen to this argument, because these are strong theological appeals to their logic. Because we're living in a day now where people are destroyed mentally. They're not thinking. They're not using their brains to advance their causes. And so they're accepting rhetoric over revelation. Cease through my lie to his glory. Why am I also still judged as a sinner? And why say not let us do evil and good uh, that good may come? As we slanderously reported and as some firm, uh, affirm that we say the condemnation is just. What then? Are, are we better than they? Not at all. For we are, we have, we for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they all that they are all under sin, as it is written. There is none 
none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all become uh, all. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is open is an open tune, and their tongues have practiced deceit, the poison of the ass under the lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery. This is terrible. <laughs> the ways and the ways of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that who whatsoever the law says it is those that are under the law that every mouth be stopped and the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed before the witness by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of, of, of that is in Christ Jesus, whom set forth as appropriation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of the forbearance of God, had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness, that he may be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So here I, we, we, we get our mandate. Do you get what I'm saying? So this is, this is the opening address to overcoming. We're called to overcome because there's, there's sin in the world, and because of the nature of sin, it separates us from God. And as a result of us accepting the work of redemption through Jesus Christ, we have reconciliation with God. We are made righteous with God. Now, you're going to hear me say that a few times today because I want to make certain that you are aware of what Jesus did for you to overcome. And it's through faith in him that it actualizes it and it becomes evident in our lives. Okay? Now, it goes on to say, let's read the rest of it. It says, um, his righteousness, because of his forbearance of God, had passed over our sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness, and that he might just justify of the one who has faith in Jesus. Wherefore is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Now, now it is the overcoming it has been overcoming that has been our mandate to answer, awaken, alter, add, and advance our thoughts about experiencing the benefits of God in the land of the living, taking upon his prescribed methodology to overcome. It reviews our redemption, it reviews our righteousness, and it reviews reconciliation with one another. If, uh, this is what recovers and reforms and and, and restores um, the strength of our divine nature, empowering our awareness of God's plan. So overcoming, number one, must be translate to the life of Christ. 
birth out of the revelation that it takes advantage to having access to God by his grace. So in other words, we are translated to the life of Christ. I no longer live, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So that's what the overcoming overcoming must achieve. Secondly, overcoming must transform every area of life. Our relationship with God, our righteous resolve, and our reliance upon the Holy Spirit, which alters our living to supernatural exploits. So here we have a, a translation that happens to our life in Christ that gives us access to the grace of God. But then we, we also transform our life through our relationship and our righteousness and our reliance upon the Holy Spirit to alter us to supernatural exploits because greater works shall you do because of what's within you. See, this is the treasure that's been hidden on the inside of us. We have, we have access to God, and our access to God causes us to overcome. But overcoming also must triumph over the works of Satan. We found out we have opposition from creation. We have opposition. Satan is set to do these things, and I want you to remember these things. He's set to seek whom he may devour. He's set to set you in a system to deprave you from divine power. He's set to starve your spirit man from existing superiorly. He's set to separate you from the love of God, and he's set, set to stop the agenda of God, but the devil is a liar. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because God's power overrules the church of uh, the, the Satan. And you have power over the devil. So key areas of concentration that we've involved this lesson is overcoming sin and overcoming the world, and then we're going to get into overcoming Satan. Now now, when we talk about overcoming sin, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a volume of teaching, a summary in the three points. And, and the first point is this. When we overcome sin, overcoming sin, we know that we overcome the sin because of the revelation that we have of Christ being in us. Christ is the cure-all, covering us completely because he was made to be sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21. So we know that, that Christ is the cure-all. And, and so as a result of knowing this, it becomes a revelation. I don't have to succumb to sin. And, of course, you can go to Romans chapter 6, which gives you the process of how you sin will not have dominion over you. And, of course, you know how God has given you the victory to reign in life as kings in life through faith, through Jesus Christ. And we, we talked about that, and it goes through Romans chapter 5. And, of course, you know Romans chapter 3 gives you the introduction to it. Number two, overcoming sin was made possible by Christ, but is realized through our overt defense against the wages of sin, the works of the flesh, and the ways of the world. See, see, if you don't if you don't do something overtly, then sin 
will always admit itself in your conscience to where you think you can't even get over it, you can't get through it, and you can't overcome it. I keep telling you the devil is a liar. You got to know who you are, what you have, and what you can do. And the thing that sin points out that, or, or, or the things that you can do is that you can't overcome the wages of sin because the wages of sin is death. Anything that is destroying, killing, and, and, and seeking to devour, you have power over because God has given you life and that abundantly. You can overcome the works of the flesh by putting the works of the flesh to death. Of course, you know, Galatians and Romans give you the works of the flesh. There are 13 of them. And so you got to examine Romans chapter, uh, Galatians chapter 3 to get the works of the flesh. And, and, and then also overcoming the world. No longer conforming to the world. And the only way you can no longer conform to the world, Romans 12, is by transforming your mind. So you got to examine yourself to see whether you're in faith. Amen? So, so overcoming sin was made possible by Christ, but it's realized through our overt our overt defense against the devil. And then thirdly, overcoming sin will submit to our willful obedience to righteousness from the heart and to the doctrine of Christ, which is very simple. It, it, what that means is this. I got to learn what Jesus said. I got to do what Jesus did. And I got to walk like Jesus walked. See, if I do what he do, Live like he lives and say what he says. I have confidence in my heart. And see, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. So it alters how I communicate to God, how I communicate about myself internally, externally, and then how I communicate to others. And all of that's achievable through the love of God. So we overcome sin with love. And we overcome sin with love because we know the works that Jesus did for us to overcome the ways of sin, the works of the flesh, and the ways of the world. Amen. The second thing that we talked about, and this was a little more expanded, I wanted to emphasize in our teaching overcoming the world. Overcoming the world. Now, in overcoming the world, what we, what we did, we, we had four volumes of teaching, and, 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 and they were very, very pivotal to our understanding. And that was in overcoming the world, we expanded the concept of, 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 of study through steps, sequence, uh, sequence through established power shifts. We understand that the kingdom of God is not a word, but it's in power. And in order to, to get into a, a realm of overcoming sin, we would have to embrace the power of God over the power of the world. And so we had to shift that, shift our focus. We had to strengthen our salvation, strengthen our sanctification, and then allow God to establish us in our sonship. And that, that's what the power shift was. I no longer live, but Christ liveth in me. Then we talked about also systemic warfare and insolvent. <clears throat> systemic warfare and insolvent. Powering the word of God and the will of God. Amen. And we talked about getting into warfare. And we talked about what warfare is and what warfare is not and how God gives us things to combat warfare. 
And, of course, warfare is spiritual. Um, as a matter of fact, I can give you, you needed to go to Ephesians 6 and find out um, exactly what warfare is all about. And that it was not until you would study and seek and sanctify the Lord God in your heart that you would be able to really embrace those things pertaining to warfare. But uh, for time's sake, I gave you five oppositions. Remember I told you there was five oppositions, and, and if not, you can always go back to our downloads, uh, to, uh, to the teaching. But five oppositions was principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and the evil day. And then I told you there was eight combats to that, true salvation, righteousness, the peace, faith, sword of the spirit, prayers, um, uh, and, and prayers, all kinds of prayers. Those were areas that we, we used to engage into to warfare, but we can only engage into that when we empower those areas. Until truth is empowered, salvation is empowered, righteousness, peace, faith, the word of God, and, and prayer, then we're really not entering into spiritual warfare. A lot of times people just use spiritual warfare as combat between the devil. But you got to, you can't be in combat with the devil if you don't have the tools to fight. And and if you don't know the word of God, why would you, why would God enlist you into a war that he know you ain't gonna win? And so we 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 looked at what warfare was all about. Very good teaching on warfare, and we talked about how we should never enter into our idea of spiritual warfare when it involves personalities, because. We assume that people can establish warfare, and that's not warfare. We talked about never engaging warfare without a comprehension of what it's all about. Scriptures should shape our understanding. Scriptures should structure the approach, and scriptures should sync with the move of the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to achieve the truth that we need to know. We talked about never entering into warfare without prayer and fasting. We talked about how we should never establish a group to assist us in warfare because many people do things, the little prayer groups are prophesying and proper lying. That's not the word of God. We should never equip spiritual warfare in the flesh because it don't have nothing to do about us shouting, screaming, or anything like that. It's, it's an engagement that only comes as a result of a revelation of the word of God. And so not only did we talk about the sequence through power shifts and systemic warfare and its solving, we also talked about empowering the war of spirit and, and then embracing God's big picture as the conclusion. Not only did we be, develop ourselves spiritually, of course you can go to Galatians and find out what the fruit of the spirit is, and then see if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest those fruits in your life. You can't do it on your own. You can't try to establish that through looking up the definition of peace and all the gentleness, kindness, meekness, and long-suffering, and then try to emulate those uh, insights based on a definition. You need a dynamic power on the inside of you that, that resurrects that revelation. Hallelujah. I can't get in there for time's sake. But then, then you ultimately you embrace God's big picture, finding out God's design. And God only embrace, you can only embrace that when you're enlightened with understanding. So it brings us with that understanding to faith, overcoming the world through faith. 
And there's simple reasons why we get into faith. Well, number one, we get into faith to to be found pleasing in the Lord's sight. That's ultimately the goal. The, number one, because it pleased God. Who faith without faith is impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So our priority, our focus, our foundation, our forecast of the future is all founded in our being found worthy of pleasing to the Lord. Then secondly, we also establish faith mainly to fellowship with God and discover real life. Because the just live by their faith. And those whom he justifies, he glorified. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation though to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How can we have that? We have fellowship with God. So not only do we want to be found pleasing in the Lord's sight, but we want to be found faithful in the circle of influence and insight and, and instinct. Because he's impacted our heart, and we impact his heart. We have a connection with God. He has a connection with us. And the laws he's written on our hearts and our minds that we can be a people to him, and he can be a God and Savior to us. And, the, and that's why we seek him first. And that's why we sanctify him in our heart. And that's why we separate ourselves from the cares of this world, because we want fellowship with God. And if these are not the motives of your faith, then everything that you're doing that you're classifying as faith is in vain. And then thirdly, we want to form a meaningful life above the standards of the world. Through faith, we understand that the world is framed by the word of God so that the things which were seen were not made by things which do appear. We have a bigger picture, an eternal perspective. We have been enlightened from the Holy Spirit to live by faith. So when we live by faith, and when we establish overcoming by faith, we are converting to our manner of life. We are correcting ourselves through righteousness. We are conveying God's divine intentions. We are clarifying the will of God, and we're channeling our lives through power. We're, we're, defining, we're, we're defining that um, faith through accepting God's word um, as the reality, as reality, we're answering to God's pleasure. We're awakening power for living. We are altering our world through revelation of the word. We are, we are assuring our future through God's pleasure. We we know that faith. Um, <coughs> we find out faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. We find out. Through faith and patience, we inherit promises, Hebrews 6, 12. We find out that we frame our life through faith based on James chapter 2. See, we have to examine and um, we have to expose our, our errors and eradicate erroneous concepts. We have to exchange all things through the way of righteousness, and we have to exalt our dependence upon the prompting to live a spirit-led life. It is our lifestyle that we, we seek after when we talk about faith. Any lifestyle that is attributed to faith must have proof provided to the intentions that are superior to the natural. And so when we talk about faith, we are acknowledging the value that we found in being qualified and connected to the attributes that only God could give. It is our faith that causes us to, to live a lifestyle to believe and act according to what we believe based on we know what we know God's will is. 
It is our faith that is the cure-all. Remember, because Jesus became our, our faith. He is the author and finisher of our faith. It's like a muscle to be developed, and over time it creates supernatural strength and stability. Faith is a law because it functions under divine principles that can be repeated to anyone that believes in them. Faith has been multifaceted. It has connections at times. Scripture and life connects and express differently, um, express differently uh, dynamics than it creates experiences and qualifies us to live a supernatural life because it's created through the word of God. So, so we have to accept God's word as final authority. We got to believe that what God promised, he will fulfill. And then ultimately, we got to get into this area of confession. And this is not just rhetoric, but it's a conviction that causes things to come to pass based on our conduct and our courses of actions aligned with the creative forces of the word of God. So Romans 10, 117 Romans 10, 17, Galatians 4, 22, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and we walk by faith and not by sight, Hebrews 4, and, and James all teaches us that we got to pursue revelation knowledge, we got to purify our character, we got to pattern our behavior and conduct to what we believe, and then we got to publicly display acts of compassion so that we can convey this, this quality of life of faith that we all claim. We have. Amen. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of contact. And we've always we've only just scratched the surface of what faith is all about. And this month I intend on on revealing the power of faith in the life of the believer. Let's pray. Father, open the understandings of your people as we engage into a season of faith. Let the word of God so uh, uh, be made alive in our hearts that it will spark a revolution internally and causes us to, to reveal Christ externally to one another and in, most importantly into this world. So they say, what must I do to be saved? I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, my brothers and sisters, you will do because great is he that lives within you than he that's within the world. The scripture lets us know in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Repeat after me. I do confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I thank God for the work that he did for me at Calvary. And you are born again. Now get in the Bible, believe in teaching church where you can learn the word of God. And then also, um, we have a prayer line, and we'll give you information. Look on our blog site where you can get uh, answers and also be filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence so that you can live the, the life that God intended for you to live for. It is the Holy Spirit that enables you to live the Christian life. And so I thank you for the opportunity to share with you the Word of God. I'll be on Thursday continuing this, uh, uh, this study, Overcoming the World. And we started out by reviewing the overcoming mandate. God bless you. Thank you, and have a wonderful week. Lord's Day. Have a wonderful Lord's Day and a wonderful week. God bless you. Bye-bye.